Welcome back. This is the In All Wisdom podcast, a podcast dedicated to wisdom for life. I am Jim Donnelly, your host. Today's broadcast is number four in this series, Ecclesiastes Amplified, a collection of wise words, which is the title of my book that will be published this fall, 2023. Podcast number four, Amplified by Scripture. The many connections between the words of Kohelet and other scriptures make it clear that Ecclesiastes is not a standalone book. Ecclesiastes depends on the biblical books around it to give it light and life, particularly those already written in Solomon's day. The Law of Moses, most of the historical writings, and the books of poetry. The statements of Kohelet go beyond their literal wording. We have to follow the trails that lead, they lead to in order to figure out their meanings, such as the seemingly enigmatic phrase, the axe is dull, chapter 10, verse 10. When compared with other scriptures, however, the words of Ecclesiastes are amplified and clarified, and we can hear what Kohelet intended us to hear. Daniel C. Fredericks explains these many connections. He says, Kruger speaks of a corpus Solomonicum made up of those writings ascribed to Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Among other connections, he emphasizes the convergence of three themes common to all three books, Seeking and Finding, women, and wisdom. We might add to these books the Solomonic traditions and the histories, particularly First Kings. Many other common conceptual and linguistic characteristics are found within this expanded corpus. If Ecclesiastes is a speech by a synonymous writer who wishes to use Solomon's traditional wisdom reputation, then the writer is an exceptional success. His vocabulary and phrasing draw frequently and effortlessly from a rich fabric of existing literature connected to Solomon in one significant way or another. The connections in Ecclesiastes to the rest of Scripture, most notably the book of Deuteronomy, are no accident. As one who had been king over Israel, chapter 1, verse 12, the author of Ecclesiastes would have been responsible to read the book of the law regularly and know it exhaustively, according to Deuteronomy 17, verses 18 through 20. D.A. Carson writes of this injunction, The new man comes to the throne. What is his first task? Audit the books of his predecessor? Make sure all the cabinet positions are filled? Review the military? No, his first task is to copy out longhand the words of this law, apparently referring either to Deuteronomy or, conceivably, to the entire Mosaic Code. This is not a matter of downloading text from the Internet to a hard drive without it passing through anyone's brain. The copy is to be so carefully executed that it becomes the king's own copy which he is then to read every day, so as to learn to revere the Lord his God and all his words, 
and not become puffed up and think himself better than his peers. Kohelet was well-versed in the scriptures, and his writing reflects that. Because of this, he said much in a few words, since he expected his readers to follow the scriptural trails that his words provided for them. The books of scripture that existed in Solomon's day offer great explanation of Kohelet's words. Solomon's own writings, of course, most of Proverbs, the Song of Songs, and Psalm 72 and 127, also provide great insight into the king's heart. So do the books of history, particularly those that detail David's and Solomon's reigns, or so do, so do the books of history, particularly those that detail Solomon's and David's reigns, 1 Samuel through 2 Chronicles. Also notable are the songs and scriptures that surrounded Solomon in his childhood, those of David, Asaph, Hannah, and others, but of all the portions of scripture that help elucidate Ecclesiastes, none is so vital as the law of Moses, most markedly Deuteronomy. Moses' last words reach their culmination in the Song of Moses, or the Song of Witness, recorded in Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 43. In Moses' last days, the Lord instructed his servants to write a song. See Deuteronomy 31, verse 19. That he himself would author through him, not unlike what he authored with Solomon and the book of Ecclesiastes. This song appears to be almost a template for Ecclesiastes. Moses wrote this song as a witness for the Lord against the sons of Israel. Deuteronomy 31, verse 19. For their worship of false gods. He began by calling two witnesses, the heavens and the earth, to hear the words of his mouth. Deuteronomy 32, 1. Then he spoke of Israel's faithlessness, despite the Lord's faithfulness. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. They have acted corruptly toward him. They are not his children because of their defect, their blemish, but are a perverse and crooked generation. See Deuteronomy 32, 4 and 5. Solomon spoke similarly of God's witness against his people for their apostasy when he wrote in Ecclesiastes 1.13 of the grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. Both Moses and Solomon spoke out as in a court case, pronouncing vanity against idols and encouraging God's people not to follow them. Yet the Lord's mercy and loving kindness extended to Israel in the Song of Moses, as well as in Ecclesiastes. They foreshadow his future intention in Messiah for all peoples of the earth. Mark Seifried, professor of New Testament interpretation, writes of this in his commentary on Romans. The Lord's, the Lord's changing dealings with Israel and the nations in Deuteronomy 32, verses 19 through 43, anticipate his, un, his unfathomable dealings with them in Christ. 
as Paul will go on to elaborate in Romans 11, 30-32. The provocation is not the end. Just as in Deuteronomy, the jealousy and anger with which Israel first provoked the Lord do not end the Lord's fatherly care and love for his children. For Paul, as well as for Moses, the promise remains for the redemption of the nation. Nor is it only the redemption of Israel that comes into view in the Song of Moses. According to Paul, the very song that speaks of the destruction of the nations also speaks of their salvation. They are called to rejoice in the Lord with Israel. Deuteronomy 32, 32, Romans chapter 15, verse 10. The Song of Moses was arguably the most important written document to inform Solomon's worldview as he began Ecclesiastes. Yet all of Deuteronomy and the other scriptures of Solomon's day combine to help amplify the message of Kohelet. Since the author of Scripture, God's Holy Spirit, chose specific words to be written in each book of the Bible, surely he wanted its readers to link these words to other uses of the same words in Scripture in order to further understand what God was saying to his people and to all mankind. In this method, we find a divine plan of instruction originating with the one shepherd of our souls. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 11, who pursues man with goodness and love and kindness all the days of his life. See Psalm 23, verse 6. Major sections and themes. This commentary contains four sections. The first is comprised of Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 2. In these first two chapters of his book, Kohelet focuses on the grief caused by his idolatry and his ensuing punishment from God. He mourns life under the sun, professing it vanity or hevel, and speaks of the grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with, chapter 1, verse 13. Part 2, covering Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through chapter 6, verse 9, contains instruction from Kohelet to God's people regarding life on this earth. He has recognized his own propensity to evil and grieved over its results. Now he begins to see with clear eyes, as he did in the early years of his reign. These chapters cover God's sovereignty over the seasons and times of our lives as seen in the poem of time, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and the eternal nature God has set in the heart of man, see chapter 3, verse 11. In light of God's dominion over our lives, both on earth and in heaven, Solomon observes the oppression suffered by man and lays out a proscription for enjoying life under the sun in the few days God has allotted to us. Part 3 discusses Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10 through chapter 8, verse 17, where Solomon compares wisdom and folly and urges us toward the former. The great lesson of these chapters is that we are to fear God and the King. 
Blended into this instruction are the beginnings of Kohelet's thoughts about difficult days to come. The fourth and final part of the book discusses Ecclesiastes chapters 9 through 12. Kohelet's teaching comes to a climax in these chapters as he brings forth the seriousness of idolatry's consequences and warns of judgment to come, whether immediate or distant, for those who refuse repentance. He reminds us again of life's brevity and issues a sober warning in light of an uncertain future. Ultimately, Solomon writes, the way to safety is to fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. We have come to the end of today's In All Wisdom podcast, a podcast dedicated to wisdom for life. Thank you for listening. Please join us for Episode 6, Authorship Does Matter, with Jim Donnelly, your host.